Welcome to episode 40 of For the Love of Guns. My name is Jason Schaller, and I have a great interview for you today. It's with Robin Sandoval from A Girl and a Gun. Now, I know I'm not a girl, but it doesn't mean that I want the females that are coming into our sport to feel uncomfortable. That's the whole reason for me having a channel is I want everybody to feel comfortable about firearms. Whether it's, you know, shooting a firearm or maintaining a firearm or whatever, everybody should be comfortable with it. And I think we need to have more women come into it. I mean, we have a lot of great women in here, but I want, well, all of them. I want all of them to come in and enjoy this sport and feel welcomed and not judged and just absolutely enjoy the sport. Now, before I begin, I gotta pay some bills. And this episode is brought to you by you. You are the reason why I bring this content. You're also the reason why I can continue this content. And I need your support. And the greatest thing is, it's not going to cost you a dime more or even a penny more than you are already going to spend. Just go to my website, www.trb.fyi. You'll see a tab up in the top that says Partners. Click on that tab and you will see well, all the places that have partnered with me to help you bring content. Go to that page before you shop. Find that partner, click on that link, and when you do that, a small portion of your purchase will come back to the channel so that I can continue to bring you content. And like I said, it's not going to cost you a penny more than you were already going to spend. With the bills paid, let's talk to Robin. Robin, tell me about your love of guns. My name is Robin Sandoval. I'm the executive director of A Girl and a Gun Women's Shooting League. And for those who are not familiar with A Girl and a Gun, we're a women's organization nationwide. We have girls night out at the range at more than 300 ranges across the country where we teach women all things, pistols, rifles, shotguns, self-defense, and we just have a great time. See, that's a great thing for me. And, and this is kind of a, I don't want to say a, a, a pet peeve of mine, but with with women shooting, you know, I've seen this with my wife. Um, we were dating back when uh, I started teaching her how to shoot. And, you know, as an, an instructor, I'm going to use air quotes for instructor, um, teaching her, you know, I know how I shoot. And, you know, I remember my sister shooting as a kid and all that stuff and seeing her get frustrated. And, you know, learning how to shoot is very specific skill, right? I mean, you're learning things and it makes sense when you have someone who can explain things to you that understand your needs. You know, it's like me trying to teach a left-handed shooter how to shoot. I'm trying to figure things out for that person. And it's great that there's a place for women to go to, to learn how to shoot and kind of enjoy the camaraderie of, you know, the shooting sports. 
Yeah, I'm actually when you said we were dating and I was teaching her how to shoot, I was like, no, don't do it because I can spot a woman a mile away who's been taught by her husband and we have to just undo all of it and uh, start from scratch. But you're right. It is um, a different skill. Not only it's one thing to be a shooter, it's another thing to be an educator. And so we, uh, of course, go through a lot of training. Many of us have many high level certifications and have gone through the best academies in the country to be able to not only be good shooters, but to be really good educators. And that's what we love to do is we love seeing women come out to the range. Many of them have never been around a firearm or are quite scared or or, um, have had some experience, a negative experience in her life because of a firearm. And we love learning her story and helping her through that and getting her on her journey. And the next thing we know, uh, she's off and running and loves it and is one of the uh, biggest advocates of firearms there is. Yeah, that's awesome because it's it's one of those things is, you know, for me as a shooter, yeah, I've been shooting since I was seven, um, so really little. And, you know, I enjoy the sport. And for me, it's that's what it is. It's a sport. You know, I didn't get into competition shooting until uh, literally when I was 21. But I enjoyed, you know, sport shooting and things like that. And I like to get people into this. And quite frankly, it's let's let's face it it's it's a male dominated sport you know guns are supposed to be macho and manly but that's not really what it is it's about um just enjoying yourself sitting back and relaxing and you know having friends and and you know a little bit of fun competition or maybe a little bit of professional competition and it should be open to everybody Well, most women tend to come to us for self-defense. Usually there's a firearm in the home that they want to learn how to be proficient with or safe with. There's a reason why someone has encouraged them to get a firearm. A lot of times lately people are citing riots or, or concerns of legislation that might ban them and they want to get one for their home. And so they come to us to learn gun safety first and foremost. But then the best thing is we get them to the range. And once they learn that how to, uh, you know, the basics of marksmanship and safety and they can um, you know, shoot that stack into a range. And we take them out and we show them all the fun there is. And we shoot all things competition. We love sporting clays. We love uh, trap skeet, all of the shotgun sports. And then we also love three gun. We host the all like, only all ladies three gun match in the country. Uh, we are avid supporters of IDPA, USPSA, ASI, Steel Challenge, all of the pistol action sports. And so, um, yeah, a lot of times, especially people who are not part of the shooting community don't realize how much fun there is to have out there. Yeah. And that it's funny because it is a lot of fun. Um, I remember I took my wife uh, to a competition. Uh, She shot her first competition and, uh, you know, she has very high expectations and it's one of those things of like, Hey, it was a GSSF match. Uh, We lived on the East coast at the time. So it was a very friendly competition. Yeah. And then, you know, we waited, we waited till we got our scores because, you know, back then scoring was all on paper and it took a while. And I remember her getting her score report and she's like, I finished second to last in women's division. And I'm like, well, first of all, it was your first competition. I go, and second of all, have you taken the women's scores and see them mixed in with the men's scores? And she's like, no, I go take a look at this page. And I showed her that she outshot two thirds of the men. I go, so, you know, that bar, that bar still pretty high. You did, you outshot two thirds of the men in the competition. And she's like, yeah, but I, I was next to last in my division. I go, 
I was last in my division when I first shot. <laughs> no, so. that's fantastic. And especially for our first match, you know, you didn't DQ, you were safe, you had fun. That's the goal. And, you know, we always tell people that if you, if you come out, if you show up, you're beating everyone who didn't have the guts to show up. So a lot of times for that first exactly. match, to get that first match done and get that first match behind you, you beat everyone who didn't have the guts to show up. Absolutely. Now, you didn't, you weren't always a gun person. Would you mind telling me a little bit about the, your journey to gun advocacy and, and, and a girl and a gun? Yeah, so I was actually strongly anti-gun for most of my life. I did not, uh, I was actually a vocal advocate for gun control, did not appreciate the gun community, didn't know about the gun community at all. And it wasn't until I saw the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, I watched a modern American city become debilitated overnight. I saw families left on their own. First responders couldn't respond. And that was a real eye opener for me because my plan until then was to call a first responder if I needed help and a cadre of professionals would show up. And it was the first time in my adult life that I realized that's not how this works. And so I had this brilliant idea. I'm going to start storing peanut butter and tuna fish and we're just going to hunker down if a hurricane was to hit here in Austin, Texas. A we're just, that's right. I was just going <laughs> to hunker down. And my husband said, if people are that desperate, someone's going to kick in our door for our peanut butter and tuna fish. How am I going to stop them? And after arguing for gun control my whole life, I didn't have an argument to that. I realized it came down to me being able to stop anybody who was going to come harm these three little people that were mine. And I would do whatever it took to protect them. So that yeah, was it, my entrance into the idea of being my own first responder. And and the funny thing is, is with that story is you... It's not just, you know, guns and gun control. You woke up to a couple of different scenarios out of that. Um, you know, that you know, we, we do need to have some preparedness in our life, either some, you know, some form of personal protection or even just a little bit of, of food. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, um, I was on the like, I'll get the food together. The firearm actually, my plan was that we would get a gun to be locked in a safe and never to be touched unless the world ended and he would touch break it. Break glass in case of emergency. That's right. I wouldn't even have to touch it. So that was not even part of the plan at all. And it was that he encouraged me to not be afraid of it because I really thought it was going to come out of the safe and injure us all. So, um, there was a woman in my area named Juliana Crowder who decided she was going to have girls night out at the range. She's a firearms instructor. She thought naturally women would come to me for firearms, you know, instruction. And she was trying to really make it approachable for women. Why do women not want to be their own first responders? Are they, do they not have time? Do they not have money? Do they, are they afraid? Like what are the barriers to that? So she decided to host girls night out at the range. And the back then in 2011, it was on meetup back then a million years ago. Right. <laughs> and um, my husband RSVP'd for me to go to girls night out. And I don't know if I was more scared of going to a gun range, shooting the gun, meeting other women, all of the above. I was completely out of my, out of my comfort zone completely. And that that night changed my life forever. I was able to talk to other moms. How do you store your guns? How do you talk to your kids? Do people at work know? Because I, I mean, I live in Austin, Texas. It's not, I was a closet shooter for many years. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much outed now. I'm on all the lists now. But um, <laughs> at the time, I didn't know that I wanted people at work to know. And so having those other women there who I was able to have those conversations with was 
really valuable for my journey into this community. And so after a few months, other women were joining and other women wanted to learn how we were doing things here. And uh, Juliana and I partnered up and now we have Girls Night Out at the range at more than 300 ranges across the country. That's awesome. And I know Austin because uh, I've, I've done some training there. I do IT work and I had some, some, some training down there. And I remember going to Austin and um, when I went away, I, I would travel with, with my firearm. And my wife's like, you're going to go to Austin with your sick. I'm like, I go everywhere with my sick. And she's like, yeah, but Austin's not quite like the rest of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Austin <laughs> is a blue dot in the middle of a big red state, although that's changing yeah. every year. But yeah, at the time, for sure, it was a little blue dot in a big red state when I... Yeah was first introduced to firearms. So it was definitely something that uh, I had to uh, come to terms with. And it's funny because you bring up the whole, um, you didn't, you know, your your whole journey about being a closet gun person. I was, I, I, I do a lot of dry fire training and on the podcast, I've had a couple of people talk about dry fire and their products and things like that. And we talk a little bit about dry fires. The, the greatest thing about dry fires you can still get practice and still be kind of a closet gun person until you're ready. Right. <laughs> That's uh, true. There's, there's, there's no substitute for live fire, but at least you're starting to work the fundamentals. Absolutely. Um, you so can do everything dry fire except recoil management. If only I had known that at the time I was just thrown yeah. into the deep end, but now, okay, ladies, if you're listening, let's work on some dry fire drills. If you need that introduction into firearms. Absolutely. Cause it, it's great to get, um, you know, because people going out to the range, I've taken many people out to the range for their first time and people are, they're nervous, right? I mean, and, and I've always said that I would rather be at the range with a nervous person than, than a confident person because, you know, these people are going to listen. They're going to pay attention. You know, I was at a range one time where the line called all clear and we went to go down range. And then I took one step and I stopped and the person with me kind of looked at me and then got that clue that something was wrong and they called all clear, but I'm looking down the lane and someone is still handling a gun. <laughs> and, and that's kind of, you know, those are experiences that I never want a first person, you know, a, a person going shooting to witness for the first time. Um, you know, I want you to have a safe and enjoyable time. We don't want to worry about things, but it happens. Now, with, you know, with you having a girl and a gun and you're having these these girls' nights out, it's great because you're learning from your own people. Like you said, you are learning from other moms and other women shooters about how they're dealing with things. You can have those conversations and become more, I don't want to say more friendly, but more confident. Right. You get more ideas. You're building your support group, which it's right. it's important for you to do. And I think it's important for women to build their own support group with firearms because, um, you know, you we have different philosophies. You know, I've seen so many men like, well, you know, if the zombie apocalypse comes, I'm going to protect everybody. Okay, what happens if you, you know, twist your knee, you know, and you can't walk? Uh, what's your wife going to do in the zombie apocalypse? Um, and that's where I, I love hearing that 
there's women. We have an indoor range here in Helena, and they have um, they have women's night at that range, and it's great hearing um, the women in Helena get together and they have girls' night at the range, and it's awesome. Now we just got to get them hooked up with a girl and a gun. <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. But you're right. There is something different about women shooting together. Um, I think the types of guns that we shoot are more similar, um, as opposed to sometimes when men go to the range, they want to shoot something a little louder, a little more intimidating to a new shooter. <laughs> Macho. <laughs> so when women shoot, we tend to shoot kind of the same kind of guns that we would use for everyday carry or for home defense or for competition. And we love to share what we have. And so other people can can try it and use it and see if they like it. Um I think that you're right. The camaraderie is definitely really valuable among women for us to be able to ask those questions and just to have a good time. It kind of takes everything taboo that people might have thought about guns and make it completely approachable. And then people realize how much more in common than they have. I think one of the biggest um, benefits of a girl and a gun is we all recognize just the culture of our organization. We recognize that this is a journey. And a lot of times men instructors or uh, men in general have a difficult time um, understanding that you can't go um, carrying hot in the chamber on day two of firearms ownership. Like there's a journey yeah. to get you there. And so recognizing someone's comfort level with their basics of marksmanship with their, maybe we just, just start with gun storage. We don't even talk about touching the gun. And then we talk about what basics of marksmanship looks like. And then maybe we talk about home defense and then can still carry, but that it's a journey and it's not something that we can rush overnight. It has to be on someone's own comfort level. Absolutely, because I mean, we just can't. For it, it, this is what drives me nuts about um, what we'll we'll say concealed carry classes. There's a lot of really bad concealed carry classes out there. <laughs> yes. um, you know, my wife and I, when we got our concealed carry permit here in Montana, uh, we had a we had an excellent instructor. He was a a former highway patrol officer here. He taught. It was six nights of classes, two hours a night. And then um, a, a seventh day was range day. You did not touch the gun until range day. You know, if we were in the class and you went through the stuff and it was great because he taught you, you know, not only how to handle a gun, but understanding what happens if you have an intruder because he's a law enforcement. So he knows the other side as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, my wife and I, we go through classes every once in a while when, it, you know, just to get a different opinion. And we've seen other instructors that are just horrible. They're just pumping you through in like two hours. And I just scratch my head going, what is someone who has never learned on a firearm going to learn in two hours? Right. And it's and, also understanding the difference between a marksmanship class and a concealed carry class, because yes. those things are not the same. And so often no. instructors just try to cram it all into some little keyhole um, yep. and it's a disservice to everybody. It is. And, and that's and that's a shame. That's why I like organizations like A Girl and a Gun. Going back to the whole thing of um, men don't understand women's needs with the firearm. Uh, when we go forward, and my wife went to go get her concealed carry, you know, gun. Uh, she loves her Beretta 92. Uh, I remember I bought that for her when we were dating because she just loves loves the Beretta. And then, you know, it, Beretta 92 is just, well, a little too big for a concealed carry gun. And uh, we went to one of the gun stores here and she's like, 
you know, hey, look, I want to make this decision. I don't want you. I'm like, that's okay. I'm going to go, you know, check out the gun store. You choose whatever works for you. I don't care. And then, you know, they start asking your questions. And then they decided that somehow a SIG 229 was a good concealed carry gun for her. Oh. SIG 229 still a pretty large and heavy gun, right? <laughs> and... You know, she's talking about how um, how to carry this thing. And the guy behind the counter goes, well, you could get a shoulder holster. And I remember looking down going, you obviously don't understand female anatomy here, right? Oh, bless his heart. Um, I appreciate that you're trying to help, but, you know, my wife's like, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I mean, we and we got home. We got talking about carry and things like that. And um, she found um, the well-armed woman. Uh, mm -hmm. That website got a got a, a holster. She ended up carrying um, a Beretta Cheetah, which is basically a little 380 mm -hmm. version of the the 92, and that's a gun that she shoots well. Um, you know, and that's that's where it's great. Where you know she didn't have the advantage of having another woman to walk her through things. She had to kind of figure it out for herself. Mm -hmm. And good Which for her that? for recognizing, good for her for recognizing that she wanted to make that decision for herself because many women yeah. don't. Many women just rely on their husbands or their fathers or their partners or the guy behind the gun counter to make that decision for them. So good for her for wanting to make that decision. Now, I have to say over the past 11 years, we've worked with so many different manufacturers and we have more options for concealed carry than ever before. Um, anyone can conceal a very large gun now. There's a lot of really great options. So if that's if she has a favorite that's big, go big. I always say bigger is better. You want all the pews. You want to have all the pews you can have. So um, there's a lot of really great holsters for concealment nowadays that just weren't options years ago. No, and, and it's funny. It's it's changed just even like within the last year or two. Um, you know, now you have concealed carry leggings mm -hmm. that are all the rage with, um, with um, you know, with the holster companies. And then, you know, one thing I heard about uh, at the NRA meeting was actually with the DC project, which I know you're a board member of. Mm -hmm. You guys had the fashion show of yeah. concealed carry, which, which was really awesome. Yeah, that was a fun thing. I, we were, um, us models, <laughs> we're modeling different types <laughs> of, of concealed carry, but it's great for people to see what's available. There are lots of different options, and there have been for a long time lots of different options for concealed carry, but the important thing is not to just get something off the internet and assume that it's safe, because many of the products, especially the products for women, are incredibly unsafe if they're not used right or if they're not paired with a proper holster. So definitely do your research on that. I would just advise your listeners to to not just grab something online and say, oh, look, leggings and, and stick a gun and yeah. go on your way. Um, definitely make sure that there's a holster attached, that that trigger guard's completely covered, that nothing can get through the fabric toward to the trigger. Um, we have to offer uh, clinics on those kinds of garments a lot, just to try and educate people how to how to off body carry in a purse safely, how to use leggings, how to use different mm -hmm. alternate carry garments. There's a lot that goes into it, and the alternate draw stroke too. It's not just um, it's not the same it's old not, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and it's funny you talk about um, about some of these products. Just because a you know famous holster company comes out with a product doesn't mean it's the greatest product ever because <laughs> You know, when you talk about the leggings and make sure things don't get into a trigger, 
that well let's face it that's really an important area of the gun right is that trigger and yeah just because you can you know something has a pouch in it doesn't mean that it's appropriate right. um, and I, i'm glad that you're doing education on that because those are type of things that they make me nervous as as a person right i i'm perfectly happy with you carrying a firearm as long as you have a firearm that's carried safely right well you know i dedicate my life to teaching women the the safe use and storage and and carry of firearms but it there's a lot of work to be done out there because we see women who and men who don't even use a holster at all they'll just put a gun in a pocket or in a waistband and and so we have a lot of work ahead of us but the more that we can do that and the more that we can uh, encourage education in classes the better and the safer we'll all be but hey, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon just takes his bread and sticks it in his belt in the back. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't work like that. Yeah, but um, the scary thing is that is how the majority of Americans learn firearms handling. So, um, we we yeah we have a lot of work to do. Now, um, talk to me a little bit about the education aspects of a girl and a gun. I mean, we we kind of hinted a little bit about it, but j there are a lot of education aspects with a girl and a gun. Well, that's basically what we are is a network of instructors who are all certified instructors. Many of us have uh, multiple certifications in all disciplines, but the idea is to provide safe gun handling and storage and, and carry and basics of marksmanship, all of the above. So we have Girls Night Out at the Range. They're all run by supervised, uh, they're all supervised by certified instructors. Um, the idea is just that you learn the right way. That's the worst is when someone learns it on TV and we have to unteach them. So, um, yes. you know, we want people to learn the right way. We want them to learn the correct draw stroke that we want to learn the correct position on your body. If you're going to conceal carry or the position of your hands, if you're going to just draw from a bench, um, you know, the right, the basics of, of marksmanship. So that's the important thing. And so we have a cadre of instructors across the country, um, all of our girls' night outs are run by instructors. So if you are looking for instruction near you, you can find a, a nearby instructor at a girlandagun.org where we have all of our chapters listed. Now, now all of your instructors are are women. Yeah. 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 We so we love our guys. We're not anti-guy. <laughs> Let me say that. I definitely could not do this without the support and love and encouragement from many of the men in my life. But we are an organization that is women mentoring other women. Yeah, which is important, especially under the mission of a girl and a gun. Um, that's the whole thing is to make sure that there is a support network for female shooters. Right. And it's been really exciting over the past 11 years to see women. You know, when we started, there were very few women who were in instructor roles. And now not only do we have RSOs as women and instructors as women, we have many range owners that are women now. And we have many women in the C-suites of, of many of the major manufacturers. And that's just been wonderful to see. So over the years, as we've really, we've grown over the past 11 years, and, and I'm really proud of the work that we've done to make that high level tier one training more approachable and everyday for, for women. You used to not see women in a lot of those hard charger classes, and now it's not unusual at all. That's kind of, that's kind of the amazing thing about this, the sport is the growth of women in the sport. I mean, we have some very, very great competition shooters that are advocates for firearms, which are, you know, is awesome. But those instructors as well, because let's, let's face it, 
you know, not everybody's going to be a Lena Michalik, you know, <laughs> I mean, or, or, you know, a Jessica Hook or any, you know, name, uh, you know, a shooter out there. They're not going to be that. Just like I'm not going to be Max Michelle. Right. Right. The amazing thing is that so many of these women like Lena are not only great role models, they're great people. They're excellent shooters. She puts in the work. Lena puts in the hours and hours and hours of practice. And so she definitely leads by example. And it's someone for all of us to look up to. And that's what's so great about the women who are rising in in this industry is they're all really incredible people who you want to look up to. You want to be like her, which means you have to put in the work, too. Yes. Yes. Um, Now. Let's let's put a scenario together. You know, we, we've already said that there's a community aspect of of a girl and a gun in the, in the shoots. Someone going to their first time ever going mm-hmm. to a girl and a gun shoot that maybe it has not touched a firearm or is, is firearm curious. What can they expect? What, what is that experience like? Every chapter is a little bit different just because every range is a little bit different and what they require and the facilities and amenities available there. So all she has to do is reach out to her facilitator, the chapter facilitator. She can send her a note, send her a text, find her on Facebook, and just send her a note to say it's my first time. Now, if she doesn't do that, she can just show up and the girls will ask her, what is your experience level like? And an instructor will work with her to teach her um, the, you know, the basics of firearms. So Ideally, though, taking a class is always better when you can take that first class or have a private lesson. All of our instructors offer private lessons beforehand, so she knows a little bit more when she's coming into a group setting. But if she's not able to be on the line with the whole group, she can definitely be there for the camaraderie. She can use a cert pistol or an airsoft or something else. But that night, if she's just overwhelmed by it and there's not an instructor that can give her the one-on-one time. But the great thing is everyone is so welcoming. That's really the best part of our girls' night out is is just being able to meet other women, going to dinner, taking off your eyes and ears, you know. I believe that marksmanship skills are earned at the range, but hearts and minds are changed at the dinner table. And if we really want people to come into our community, they need to be able to talk to you without eyes and ears, from the heart. How do you talk to your kids? Why would I get into competition? Why would I get a carry permit? Having those heart-to-heart conversations is really what not only changes somebody's attitudes about guns, but really changes their entire family's lifestyle and changes their life for the better. Yeah, I, I love that whole, you know, the whole have a meal thing. Uh, one of the things I've had, you know, in my day job, I, I hire staff. And sometimes your first interview with me might be at lunch. Um, and it's so funny because you learn so much about someone when they're not, you know, in a classroom or a cube or an office or things like that it's very much a relaxed environment that you can you can let go a little bit i mean even you know me as a, as interviewing someone even i can relax a little bit and that's I, I love what you're talking about with that because it's you will come up with other questions when you're more relaxed right mm-hmm. i mean if you're in a classroom you're thinking a very you know you have your blinders on you're thinking very rigid you have questions having having dinner or lunch with someone at, you know that's doing these you know these girl and a gun get togethers you're going to come up with other questions like how do you educate your your children about the firearm in the home mm-hmm. um you know what do you do what 
what safe do you use? You know, what about this scenario? Those come, those are just natural progressions of conversation that need to happen. Yeah. And it just makes it so much more fun when you're able to get to know people's names, visit about their kids or their not kids or their dog or whatever is their life, what their goals are. Uh, when you get to know them, they get to know you and then you connect on a different level. And then you can also start um, everybody saying, okay, well, you wanted to learn trap, let's learn trap. Or you wanted a first aid night, let's do that. Or you wanted to you know, come to IDPA, let's have a clinic and we'll go over shot timers and scoring and range commands. And then everybody's ready to squad together. It's just that supportive environment where we're all in this together. We're all in this journey together. And it just opens people's eyes that there's so much more to the shooting community than they ever knew was there. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that because for me, when I learned how to shoot, it was putting holes in paper, right? <laughs> can I, can I put another bullet through that hole that I just put, you know, <laughs> right. And it, let's, let's face it. Static shooting is, well, it's boring, right? I mean, it's, it's important to do, to learn the basics, right? but eventually, eventually you want to graduate out of them. Uh, right. When I went into competition when I was 21, that was the first time that I got out of static shooting, you know, and that was amazing for me. I mean, it was a whole new world. Um, because you know, you now I you, you mean I can move from here to there and engage a different target? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm supposed to stand in one place. And if you move that forward to defensive shooting, it doesn't translate well, right? Static shooting does not translate to defensive shooting. Yeah, it's so, there's so much more fun and so many opportunities. There's so many more sports now. Uh, you know, there's a, a variety of different leagues with their rule books. And so there's just something for everybody. There's the hard chargers and there's the just like me. I want to go just shoot with my kid and have a good time. And, um, you know, there's something for everybody. And, and that's what makes it more fun. Yeah, that's it's great. You know, I, I you know, as we're talking, I'm hearing more and more about the community and it's just it. it I, I'm excited about that because that's what shooting should be about. We should yeah. be a community. Um, it doesn't matter um, what discipline you are. I mean, we can always have the caliber debates and have spirited debates about <laughs> things like that. But but that's what part of the community is being is is that's what I love to hear about, especially new shooters is is that they found a community. You know, you're not alone. Um, chances are there's there's a neighbor that's got the same, you know, has the same passion as you. Um, or if it's not a neighbor, somebody across town. So let's go explore that together. Let's have some fun together. Yeah, I, the community is is 100% what a girl and a gun is about. And it's really overlaps into the IDPA community, the USPSA community, the GSSF community, like everybody has their sports and we are fortunate that we get to kind of be in all of them. Um, yeah. But you're right, the, the community is the most important thing because, you know, the firearms um, industry, many people in the firearms industry are the first to eat their own. You know, when you get into a caliber debate or a brand yeah. debate or they're the first ones to eat their own. And fortunately, my little bubble doesn't subscribe to that. And we just yeah. encourage everybody and welcome everybody and advocate for everybody and uh, try not to get down in the weeds over those kinds of things. See, I like that because I, I call that fake drama. 
right? <laughs> it it's it's it does no purpose to having these arguments. You know, I I that's one thing about our community is just and I love what you say, we eat our own and we we totally do. And then you know, if you if if a brand new shooter visits a, a you know a, one of the shooting boards or you know they're just reading this stuff or if they happen to hit the wrong channel on YouTube, they're going to hear arguments and things like that. And it's going to totally turn them off. It's like, that is this, this much of our community. Right. And unfortunately it looks like it's the entire community. <laughs> yeah. Um, and fortunately when it, they find us, we kind of shoo them away from all of that. <laughs> good, and we remind good. them how much fun it is. Good. And getting back to basics and then having fun. Right. Now, um, now earlier you were talking about, you know, you have all the different disciplines of competitive shooting. Um, can you talk to me a little bit more about that? I mean, are these like matches or are these club matches? For those who don't know what a club match is, it's not a scaled national match or, or are these just fun matches? So a girl and a gun itself as a national league, we host a couple different events. We have our national conference, which is in April, which is all training. That's hundred percent training. And then in uh, August, we have our clay shoot. So that's an NSCA registered clay shoot. Uh, we do a sporting clays, a trap and five stand. So that one is one that's hosted by us. And then in the fall, the first week of October, we host our three gun match. We have a team pistol challenge. So actually, even beyond that, we have three gun university, a team pistol challenge and a multi-gun challenge. So it's the only all ladies three gun match in the country. So we actually host that too. But in the meantime, we encourage our local chapters to go out and visit local club matches. So we, if there is a national match that's coming up or something where we think would be a good regional showing, we'll get a squad together of a ladies from the area. We'll kind of create a regional squad or we'll say, Hey, does anyone want to shoot this match? And we'll create an all ladies squad, which is always really fun. But That's most good. of the time on the local club level, we just, everybody just supports their local club because that's when you shoot with your husband and your kids. And um, I love our, we have a club here and uh, we shoot IDPA, USPSA and ASI. And I shoot with my son, he's 15. And it's, it's really been a joy for us to have something together. Um, it makes him a little competitive to try and shoot me and he doesn't know, but it makes me a little more competitive to try and make sure that he doesn't beat me as he tries to outshoot me. And um, I have to just keep a little bit ahead of him. Um, he doesn't know that. Don't tell anybody. Um, but it's always, um, but having the family time together, it's not just, you know, when we shoot with the girls, that's really fun, but we're not trying to be separatists. We're not trying to make it an all women all the time thing. The whole idea is that you can go to this national match with your friends, um, on a, you know, a special event, all ladies, all, all ladies squad, but on the daily shoot with your husband and your kids and your community and support your local club match, the GSSF matches, you know, tons of our girls participate in those, um, my one of my new favorite leagues is ASI. I love shooting yeah. ASI matches. So just supporting your local club, it's not we're not about women just doing women things. It's really about the family and bringing everybody out. Sometimes is it for a new shooter or someone who's new to competition, having in a girl in the gun clinic where she can have that one-on-one -on -one time with a, another female where I can say, okay, here are the range commands you're gonna hear. Here are some of the targets you might see. Um, here's the 
you know, the shot timer and how it works. Maybe I spend some time with her the day before going over those things, but then we all squad together and, and have a great time. That's what it's all about. And I love that because really you're building skills, even though you may have an all girls class, you know, it's an all girls um, organization to teach them how to shoot and have fun. You're also building skills that, you know, transfer over, you know, that maybe, you know, for me, for competition shooting, GSSF was my gateway drug. Right? <laughs> um, I got hooked on competition shooting there because back then it was Bianchi Cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not about the Bianchi Cup, that, that you know, that, that moving target and stuff like that. That's just not the type of shooting. Um, you know, from there, I, that's where I moved into IPSC and USPSA, three gun and, uh, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And that's what's great is that, you know, these women are building their building their skills, building their confidence that when maybe they want to graduate up to, hey, I want to shoot more matches. When they go there, they don't they don't feel out of place or awkward They They've realized that this really is a community. Um you know, it, for people who haven't been to a regular club match, you know, if you don't have something, people are like lending you gear yeah. <laughs> to get you through it. Right. And that's what's so great about this community. And that's why I want people, more people involved. Um, yes, I'm trying to outscore you. But if you're, if you're missing a, a piece of equipment and I have an, uh, an extra one, I'm more than happy to lend it to you to let you get through the match. Right. Um, there's been a couple of times where someone they ran out of ammo they didn't have enough ammo and it's like <laughs> okay everybody in the squad just pitches in five rounds right know? right this will get this will get you through it is um, a re- it really is that family atmosphere and a lot of the guys are actually jealous because we have three gun university so for those who are interested in three gun who don't know um how it works we have a class on a pistol class, a rifle class, a shotgun class, a gear class, and we talk about a stage walkthrough class, and we just give them clinics on how to do, how to play the game. So it's not how to run the gun; they already know that. It's how to play the game. And so, so many guys yeah. will come and say, "Well, I want to take their gun university. I, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm doing. I'm just, I want to take it now. I'm just pretending <laughs> to know what I'm doing. It's just really funny. So we we have our newbie girls who are over there coaching some of the guys. Like, wait, why'd you do that? How'd you learn that? So it's really fun. <laughs> That's great. I, I love I love that because yeah, I, I'm I, honestly I'm jealous now because you know, <laughs> for me if I wanted to learn uh, well when I when I learned three gun I learned from a YouTube video and then showing up and then fortunately I knew a couple of people in the match that I was squatted with that helped me get through and I knew my squad was going to carry me anyway. Right. Um. You know, I had that confidence just from other things, but it's it's awesome that that you provide that because. Competition can be, you know, can be scary. I, I remember my first competition. My heart was pounding. Um, <laughs> my I'm heart pounding every every stage, every time. Yeah, um, and and it's it wasn't, you know, when I hit my second stage, you know, my second match. I'm like, I, I've got this. this is, there's nothing intimidating about this. They're there to help you through the match. They're not there, you know. The the range officer is there to make sure that you're safe, mm-hmm. but. Oftentimes they're there, you know, if, if they know that you're a new shooter, they'll, you know, the first command is, do you understand the course of fire? And if you say no, they'll walk you right through it. No problem. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody else can wait. It's not a big deal because everybody else has been there. (laughs) Right. Right. 
It's awesome. So now you talked a little bit about the national conference, which is education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just happened a few months ago. What happens? What type of education is there? Um, what can somebody expect at the national conference? So our national conference is unlike anything you can think of. Um, people think of a conference and then are blown away when they actually show up at ours. We have 50. Well, this past year, we'll have more next year. But this past year, we had 50 simultaneous training sessions going on. That's um, a big conference. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 32 of them were live fire. And the others were classroom or simulated fire. So lots of different training, pretty much on every topic you can think of. Uh, pistols, rifles, shotguns, defense, competition, concealed carry. We have long range out to 2,000 yards. We have wow. sporting clays. We have, and then we have all of the, um, dip, we have different, the different sports. We have a USPSA, IDPA, pe- people who are learning uh, to hone those, you know, gain some seconds there on the, in their, their stages. But um, a lot of it's concealed carry and a lot of it is discussions. So legal topics, um, use of force topics. Uh, we have a gunsmithing class. We have a gun maintenance class. We have archery. We have 3D archery hunting and pretty much anything you can think of we're doing. We even shoot out of the helicopter. Anything you can think of, we're doing it. Um, so ladies, um, we cap it at 550 participants. Um, it sold out in 46 hours. So um, the, yeah, it's really, really amazing. Um <laughs> We had all of the classes. So ladies take uh, six classes, uh, well, six to seven classes over three days. So they have a morning class and an afternoon class over three days. Um, They get to work with world-renowned instructors, nationally recognized top-tier instructors in all of those different disciplines. And yeah, we gave away over 50 guns to the participants in three days. So it's a really good time. It's it's a party. It's um, a lot of training. It's a lot of, you know, like your mind is a sponge trying to get as much as you can, but it's an incredible t- trip of a lifetime. When, when you're ending, when, when someone's ending your conference, they're already thinking about next year at that point. Yep. They are actually, we, we open up registration early for the people who attended this year, get to pre-purchase so a spot for next a, year. Yeah. Alumni they get a, gets a little bit of boost. They That's get an nice. advance and um, we've already, we're at 420 have already committed for next year. So I I promise new people, right. I promise ladies, new people, there will be room. (laughs) I promise if I have to make new, I actually am making some new training areas. So um, hopefully we'll have 55 training areas next year, but yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. That's because that you're compressing a lot into that, into that conference. Now, how long is the conference? It's four days. Um, We have one day where everybody comes and meets our, our vendors and our sponsors, we have all live fire demos of all of the latest lines. So Glock and Ruger and Walther and Magpul and all of our, our friends, Stag Arms and Primary Arms, and they have all of their latest and greatest out. And so our ladies can go through and try all of those lines. And then we also send every participant through a gear check. So my staff actually puts eyes on every participant, her holster, her mag pouches, her belt, her gun, uh, to make sure that it function fires, that it's the appropriate gear for the classes she's enrolled in and that she's in the right mindset uh, to, to participate for that weekend. So uh, while we're running everybody through gear check, everyone else is going and shooting demos and having a great time. And then the next morning we start training. Well, and that's kind of important to have the gear check on day one because that's one less thing that she needs to worry about for the rest of the conference. 
right? I have the right gear. It's set up right. Um, now I all I have to do is learn. Right. And a lot of that takes place months in advance. We have a lot of videos. We have a lot of video conferences, Zoom meetings. Um, local instructors are doing holster clinics and gear check classes before. So most of these ladies, if not all of them, show up ready to go. But it's just kind of our last check effort to make sure that that nothing sneaks in that's not an appropriate holster for what we want on the range. Good. Now, um, what are some of the benefits of belonging to a girl in the gun? Oh gosh, we have so many membership benefits. Um, not only can you come to national conference or our fall fest or all the cool events that we do throughout the year, but um, I host a, a streaming training every week. Um, pretty much on some kind of uh, personal development or mindset or a pistol skill. That's pretty much every week that we offer those virtual training opportunities. Um, we have discounts from a lot of our friends in the industry that we'll give. We have over 100 companies that give discounts on guns and gear to our girls. Um, we have our shooting journal, which is basically like a self-guided instructor, kind of a self-paced study. Um, I call it our Candyland roadmap. Uh, <laughs> it kind of shows you where you've been and where you're going. Uh, to help you master those skills along the way. Um, it, we've got so many different benefits. So uh, they're all listed at a girlandagun.org. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot there. We really try to make it a, a, a membership of value. Not only are the intangible assets even better with the friendships and the opportunities and all of that, but there are a lot of tangible benefits too. See, that's kind of nice because you always hear, you know, if I join an organization, I mean, let's face it, you join an organization for certain reasons and you want to make sure you get the most out of it. With all the discounts that you've put together, she can make her money back for her for her membership. Absolutely. She can make it back multiple times. Right away. Yeah. Everything we do is is a value and, and value driven. We really want to be a, a benefit to our members. Um, every week I send out an email to our membership with a training tip, something to think about, um, you know, a grip or sight picture or something. Um, I'm never sure what kind of training people are getting at home. And so I want to make sure that I can hit them from all angles with what the proper things are so that if nothing else, they, they've been exposed to what proper techniques are and hopefully can can implement them at home. That's you see that that's great. Uh, I love, I love that you have that type of communication going on, because it's a constant. Um, you're getting a constant flow of information, so that way you have something to look forward. You know, I, I get this email and I can learn something new, and and that's it, it's written by another woman, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to some. You know, I'm not going to you know gungho.com and trying to weed through all this information to figure out what's good for me. It's already, it's already designed for them. Well, most of the time it's something little, you know, that many people take for granted. Like what is the 180? We all say 180. You have to be adhere to the 180, it? but what is it? If you Google it, it's hard to find. Like what is the 180? So it's those kinds of things. What is a safe table? You never see pictures of the safe table. <laughs> no, you know, ever. it's just there and you're just supposed to know by psychic, you know, knowledge what it is. So it's those kinds of things to help break barriers for women who are going to their first matches or who are going to a, their first professional class. Here are some of the things you, here's what you should wear to your class. Here's what you should bring. So you are prepared and you don't feel embarrassed that you're not uh, having all the equipment you need if you were to take a top level class. So it's that kind of, those kinds of like 
secret hints are the kinds of things that I really try to push out to our members so that they can feel confident going and stepping outside their comfort zone and trying something new. That's, that's really cool. Cause it's, I love that information coming through. Um, cause I would love to have, you know, content driven directly to me. So I don't have to go search. I, I love where you're talking about the 180 and, you know, for pe for new shooters going to competition, you know, the 180 is you don't break the 180. You always hear that stuff. And, you know, you, I, I quick Googled, you know, what is the 180? And I got, you know, geometry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, yeah, that's, that's not going to help someone. Um, you know, you talk about the safe table and, you know, and, and, and for those of you who have never been through competition, the only time that you can handle your firearm is on the firing line or at a safe table. But there's rules to handling your firearm at the safe table because you're not allowed to introduce ammunition <laughs> to at that time. So it's great that people are learning that type of stuff before they go. So that way they know what's going on. And let's face it, the 180 rule is not just competition. It's it's gun safety. It's firearm right. safety. Right. So it transitions over to everything. Yeah. So I try to give everybody a little, some hints and tricks and, and tips on how to be safer at the range or how to uh, just learn something that hopefully they learned already, but to maybe break it down into a little more detail that they hadn't thought of before. Oh, I'm for this next question. I'm going to bring up your website here. Now you've talked about benefits and, and things like that, but a girl in a gun also gives back to the community. I mean, they're just not just for the the women and the you know the the female members. There, they're about community. I mean, we've talked about community several times, but this is really where the rubber hits the road of your community. Right. Would so, a girl and a gun. Yeah, a girl and a gun in itself is not a nonprofit. Instead, although our mission we could justify it and we could structure it that way, we chose not to because there are other nonprofits that we really wanted to promote and support. And one of them is uh, domestic violence is an issue that we support. We send out, um, we do some fundraising for different um, clinics and shelters around the country. So a few years ago, it hit our community really hard. This is Jennifer. She was one of our founding members in San Antonio, and she was taken uh, from us by her husband, who then took his own life while those, those three beautiful girls were at school. And it was a real wake-up call to our community because we are defenders. We are trainers. Like, we train. We compete. We we um, educate others. And the fact that it could happen to one of our own who she, you know, here she is in a training class. She was a proficient shooter. She had the mindset and yet still she was a victim. And so that was a real wake up call for us to have those important conversations with women in our community of what do you do if, if you're in crisis? What do you do if you have, um, who, who fits the mold of intimate partner violence? How many women it, millions of women are affected by it and how can we make sure that it's not one of ours so um that was a, a mission that we really took to heart and because it it hit us right in the heart i'm getting emotional thinking about it because it was um 
well, it's it was, personal. It's a, it's a very yeah. personal story. It was very um, shocking because you think that, you know, people always say the gun is not a talisman. It doesn't create this sword around you. But you do think that if you train and you, you're aware and it does create a certain different mindset. But then it was a wake up call for us to realize that the mindset sometimes doesn't come into our home. Sometimes it's yeah. that stranger scenario or that situation bias um, and how this really opened our eyes to um, more intense conversations that we need to have with women in our community. Because let's face it, a threat can be from anywhere, right? I mean, just because, you know, we typically think once we're inside our four walls of our house, that's our fortress, but sometimes it's not. Right. Um, and that's what, those are the conversations you're having is, you know, be prepared, uh, you know, for anything at that point. Right. Right. It's a really hard conversation to have, especially for women who are recently separated or seeking divorce. Um, we have some some training and some ideas of things that we suggest that they should do for their own personal safety. Um, it's it's a difficult conversation, but, um, you know, I always say that I'm in the business of difficult conversations. It's something I've, I've had to do for years. And um, one of the other, uh, if you scroll on that page, you'll see that uh, my daughter has brain cancer. And so uh, I've always said for years that um, having difficult conversations is just part of being a mom. You know, I can't bury my head in the sand. I have to talk to her oncologist about um, what we have to do to battle this. And uh, I've learned that having difficult conversations about intimate partner violence, having difficult conversations about school safety, um, these are all just parts of uh, parts of being a woman in our community, parts of being a mom. We actually last year started um, the uh, suicide prevention discussions to try and, and tackle that difficult subject. We just want to make sure that more people are educated about these important topics that have affected our lives. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the suicide prevention because, you know, off, you know, off camera before we started, I talked a little mm -hmm. bit about, a little bit about uh, Sarah Joy Albright was on the, on the podcast earlier and she taught at the national conference for you know the suicide prevention and mm -hmm. um it's she's going to kill me because i can't remember the acronym now um but that was you know they had so many people certifying in that and understanding that suicide prevention um because you know just because you're a strong person you have no idea what's gonna you know knock you off center um <laughs> right and and that's that's where it's important to recognize and have these conversations and um, understand what could happen and how we can how we can deal with this, right? I mean, that, that's the big thing that we're hearing with you know out of Washington D.C. is you know red flag laws and stuff like that, and we we don't need to deal with that. We can deal with it as a community. Um, and I love that you you're having these real life discussions. I mean, it goes beyond the regular uh, marksmanship and, and things like that. We need to, we need to have open discussions. Uh, we need to take stigmas out of, you know, things that are going on. We need to take stigma out of mental health. We need to understand, um, you know, just because you're within your four walls, you're not necessarily safe. Um, but how do you not know you're safe? That's why, you know, going back up here, talking about um, you know, the intimate partner violence, understanding, you know, what are, what are your, um, what are those triggers? I mean, I remember I wanted to be, um, a police officer 
And I, I, I remember one night at a bar, I watched a, a domestic fight at a bar. And I'm just like, I remember withdrawing an application. And I remember the, the, the sergeant's like, why are you withdrawing? I'm like, hey, this situation happened at a bar. He's like, well, you know, as an officer, we treat you have to deal with that. I go, yeah, I understand. I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I can't handle seeing that type of stuff because I'd I had never seen it before. So I wasn't prepared to process that. And, you know, I was young, you know, I was, what, 23 at the time. So I'm glad that these type of conversations are coming up now. Let's, let's stop it. Because, you know, I, I look at that going, how did she not see this coming? Um, well, right. She, she didn't know, you know, let's. Well, let's and sometimes these... just the situation bias, the, the father of your children, yes. the, you know, your partner yep. in life, you don't want to, you don't want to think of that. Of, so you stay in condition white, even if everything in your gut tells you not to, you don't want to think that way. So yeah. we give women some other tools on, it's okay to think that way. And you have to, honestly, you have to think that way. And we're going to be here to support you through it. So you're not a bad person. You're not overreacting. Trust your gut. All of those things. A lot of times women can uh, talk themselves down from believing themselves. So um, we have a lot of different support for that. Now you have um, right here, law enforcement support. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. So every year we host an event called Back the Women in Blue, where women are nominated, officers are nominated from across the country, from chapters that we have uh, in their community as being worthy of, of a really great training event. So uh, we've been doing this for seven years where ladies come in and, uh, you know, the first year we did it, I was a little apprehensive because I thought we are not an LE training organization we're a civilian training organization are we going to get trolled you know we need to stay in yeah. our lane but after we did it that first year i was like it was amazing and because here's why those officers desperately need this training um many of them are from smaller agencies where they just don't have training budgets for it and many of them had gear that was ill-equipped. And I learned the important question on asking is if this was policy issued or if we could make uh, uh, some changes to what they had. Um, so it was life-saving right from the get-go. But more important, not only did they need the training, um, and we're talking life-saving life training, like getting seconds off their draw strokes, um, giving them really important training that they needed. Um, but not only did they need that, but they needed each other. They needed a, a community of women who could be a mentor to them and help them find other training. Women who could go to the range with them where they're just one of the girls and they don't have to shoot in front of their range master or uh, with their career on the line. So having this freedom for them was such a gift. Um, not only did they, they really benefit from the training, but just the camaraderie with other women has been life-changing for many of these officers. And I've gotten so many thank you notes from them of how it's really affected not only them, but their entire community. So many of them were the only female in their department. Um, and uh, now we're seeing more women who are rising through the ranks. Um, and fortunately, they're able to lift a hand to uh, another officer who's coming up behind him, another female officer. So uh, that event is in October this year. Uh, we'll have about uh, 
a little under 20 officers who are coming in and we treat them for everything. So uh, they get to us, their agency or themselves uh, covers their travel, but then we cover their hotel, their food, their ammo, their training, their range fees. We give them lots of presents and swag. Uh, we make sure they have a really excellent time. And it's honestly one of my favorite weeks of the year. That's, that's really, uh, I, I like that because, uh, was it, uh, is it Hannah Billadu from SIG? Uh -huh. Yeah, Hannah yeah. Billadu. Um, you know, I remember listening to her on a podcast before talking about, you know, being a female uh, law enforcement officer. And, you know, she's learning from men. And she's not, she didn't grow up with firearms. And, you know, right. that was a proficiency that she had a hard time with. Uh, eventually she got it. And that's why I love that she was, she went into teaching after that. And then, um, all the outreach that she does at, at, out at SIG after, uh, you know, after going through SIG Academy and, and doing that teaching, but it was, it's, it's something that I never thought of as a civilian, um, or yet even, you know, thinking about a female officer, how, you know, they're, they have specific needs. And that's why I love hearing about this event. Because you're addressing all those needs. It's so fantastic. Some of the training they get is uh, they do scenario training. We do uh, firearms training. Obviously, uh, this year we're actually doing some rifle training, which will be really good. We haven't uh, had time to do rifle training in the past couple of years. Um, but we spent an entire day on defensive tactics and this, we used to only do a half day, but it was so successful that we expanded it to a, a full day. And I can't imagine not doing it because the instructors we have are female DT instructors, which is really unusual. They're, they're amazing. They're super fun. Um, and they're incredibly safe. And for a lot of women don't want to learn ground fighting or handcuffing because it can be very, um, it can be dangerous. It, you, you know, you can get hurt. And so a lot of them really loathe, you know, mat day at their agency. So for them to come with other women and learn techniques that work for them um, and see these women who are just so strong and so capable and learn from them, it's, it's, it's just really an incredible experience for them. Cool. And that's what's, what's kind of good. I mean, I'm going to use a generalization. I hate doing it, but in general, female officers are shorter than their male counterparts. When you're talking about ground fighting and things like that, leverage is completely different. You know, my arm is longer than your arms or their arm or whatever. They can talk to other officers. How did you overcome that? Um, it kind of goes back to the whole thing of it's, it's hard to learn from somebody who doesn't understand your needs. Right. And a lot of these women completely understand. Some of them have a three minute response time and they know their brothers in blue will be right there with them. Some of them are out in rural areas and they're on their own for an hour. So it's really giving them the confidence and tools and equipment that they need to be successful to go home at the end of the day. I will tell you, there's probably, there's a few female officers here in Montana that would probably love a one hour response for backup. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, you can get out here and you're talking several hours. I mean, you know, it, the county I live in, uh, it's a very big, you know, everything in Montana is big, but, you know, they can be clear on the other side of the county working the graveyard shift. There's no other officers. It's like one officer for a county. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's you, like you were saying, seconds count. Right. Um, so, so that's great that they're getting that, you know, they're getting what they need out of that. 
Yeah, it's an incredible event. Now, I'm going to ask kind of um, a stupid question because we just already answered it, but how can people learn more about A Girl and a Gun? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can go. Here, I have it up. Yeah, just go to agirlandagun.org. Um, that's that's my mom right there. So um, That's awesome. <laughs> that picture, I love that. That's a very old picture, but it makes me smile every time she pops up. Um, so, yeah, just go to agirlandagun.org. Find a chapter. There's a find a chapter button right at the top. Um, click on it and find a chapter near you. You can even use the map. Now, I'll tell everybody, if you click on the map, go over there and click on the map. Here's a secret that a lot of people don't know. Uh-huh. There's a padlock on the right hand side and if you click the padlock now you're able to zoom in and scroll around and zoom right into your neighborhood so it doesn't awesome. let you scroll in if it's locked but if you unlock it you can scroll right into your neighborhood and see what chapters are near you you can't That's drag cool. it drag it unless yeah, you unlock I, it as for i'm you, i'm i'm having uh computer issues today which we were talking <laughs> about earlier no you're good it's hard getting used to a new computer but yeah, that is cool. And we now, have chapters all over. All of those little purple spots are ranges that are our host ranges that host a girl and a gun. Um, yes, unfortunately, I don't have anybody in your neck of the woods well, just yet. But Well, I was going to bring up um, Cody. You have a chapter in Cody. And yeah. well, you Cody's kind of a little bit of a special place for you for the museum. Yeah, I'm actually featured in the museum. Uh, my profile is on the wall and my my story is there. So that's an honor. I haven't actually been there to see it in real life. But anytime friends visit, they send me pictures. <laughs> yeah, you should, if you ever get a chance, definitely go. It's an amazing museum. Yeah, um, I, ho- I hope to really, go there very it, soon. It's a really great collection. And it's very well laid out, too. It's a, it, it is. Uh, my wife and I actually spent our anniversary one time at the museum. Yeah. Well, my friend Ashley Levinsky was the curator there and set up the, the got the museum founded. So um, it is, I know it's an incredible piece. Yeah. So you were saying, yes, we don't have a, a chapter here in Montana, but what happens if I want to create a chapter? Yeah. So it takes the perfect storm of three things to start in a girl and a gun chapter. You have to have a viable range that has insurance and safety protocols. It can't just be somebody's backyard. It has, uh, you have to be a certified pistol instructor who is a female. So to get those three things, a female pistol instructor, uh, at a viable range, then we can talk and we can definitely start a chapter. Um, it's just a matter of scheduling girls night outs and getting it on the books. Awesome. Now, we're hitting the uh, the end of it here. We've been talking well, about a little over an hour now. And I want to wrap up with a speed round with you. And it's <laughs> real real basic. It's just kind of nice to just relax. And I'm just going to give you a choice. And you just got to tell me what choice you would make. <laughs> okay. So the first one would be 380 or 9 millimeter. 9 millimeter. Pistol or rifle. Well, it depends. If it's mine, I would say rifle. Okay. So for a holster, leather or Kydex? Kydex. Indoor or outdoor range? Outdoor. And what has been your favorite gun range that you've ever visited? My favorite gun range? Oh, gosh. Well, I would have to say... um, 
Oh gosh, I have so many that I love. <laughs> that's, um, that's a tough one, isn't it? I know. Well, there's some that I go to regularly that I just have really great experiences at, and then there's some that just are incredible facilities. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's change the question a little bit. Rather than your favorite range, yeah. What um, what features would of a gun range attract you to them? How's that? Oh, gosh. Well, that's easy. Um, if there is a knowledgeable staff who are nice and friendly and welcoming, that is 100% what I look for in a range. Um, anytime somebody's there to, to be friendly, um, and especially to the to the females who walk in the, the room, that would that's really, um, really what I look for. Um, if they have a gun rental program, that's even better because I can introduce new shooters to a variety of guns to see which one fits them better. Um, but Really, anytime anyone brings in outside instructors, um, sometimes I find that if a range only has their own internal instructors, their own in-house instructors, they can kind of be in this little bubble. So yeah. I really respect ranges that allow outside instructors to come in, especially those who have been obviously vetted and and uh, approved or whatever hoops they have to jump through. But anyone who's open to having outside instructors, because um, that knowledge is just it's out there for us to share with all the new shooters all the way up to advanced shooters and anytime someone stays in their own little bubble it can be um, a little bit damaging to our community yeah and it, that's why i was telling you that like concealed carry classes my wife and i go to different ones because you you get different perspectives of of things um you know this i can come out i can go out and become a certified instructor but my point of view is very narrow. Um, but if I take a class from someone else, it's, it might be the same class. They'll have a different point of view and you get to learn a little bit more. So I, that's why I like where you're going with that, with bringing in outside instructors, because you can learn more that way. Right. There's so many ranges though, that have, you know, their director of training is, um, just uh, very restrictive about the content that's being presented, which in a lot of cases is really good that they have a hold on that content and can make sure that it's quality content. But sometimes it can be a little bit narrow focused, especially if if uh, the director of training has more of a military or law enforcement background and misses out on some of the the key indicators of things that civilians need to know. Um, you know, the civilian mindset in the concealed carry world is completely different than a law enforcement or military perspective. And especially when you get into, um, I think the women's perspective and just talking to other moms about their experience, it's even, even further removed. So being able to have other instructors who can kind of fill the gap. Um, but it's important to have that ever student mindset, you know, to make sure you're not going to an instructor that's just a credential grabber, but who is actually an educator and interested in, in helping others, um, but has a wide variety of background in their training. I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I, I love I love where you're talking about that. And it's funny, I have, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Um, if I can remember how. Speaking of training, you have one of the most, well, pardon my English, kick-ass training directors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tatiana is amazing. She's our director of training. Um, she's a good friend. She's a, she is a total badass. Um, she's the whole package. She is. Yeah, she is. I mean, that's the funny thing about it is that, you know, we talk about training, um, you know, you know, it's an all female organization. Tatiana, she she will she trains with the best of them and she trains the best. 
out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, just um, just seeing the stuff that she does, it's amazing. And that, that's why I love that you've got her for your training director. I mean, she's just, she's not afraid to get dirty with the guys. <laughs> yeah, well, any of us who are, uh, who are worth it, um, you definitely want to follow an instructor. You want to follow an organization whose leaders are out there on the front line, out there earning, out there learning. Um, definitely, if you're looking into any gun club or any kind of uh, place for mentorship, make sure that those people are, are actually walking the talk, walking the walk and talking the talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, for any organization to be worth it, you want to make sure that they have um, people who have that ever student mindset and aren't just sitting back watching others do it. Yeah. Well, Robin, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you coming on and and talking about A Girl and a Gun and and letting us know uh, more about the organization and where women can turn for, well, everything that they need for shooting. Well, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and inviting me on. Um, I hope that we'll get a a chapter in your neck of the woods very soon. I hope there's a certified instructor out there that is Maybe I'll have to identify as a female to get you a chapter. <laughs> Sorry, well, I just had to throw that we out don't, there. It's... We don't judge. It's not my job to judge. It's my job to make sure you're safe with a firearm. So, uh, <laughs> but if uh, you know of a female instructor in your neck of the woods who would who would uh, like to start a chapter, please send her our way. Yeah, if I come across one, I absolutely will. Thanks again. You know, I know we're, you've had a long day and we're recording this one at night and I'm sure you want to get back to your family, but thanks again for joining me. Great. Thank you very much. I had a great time talking to Robin. That's the one thing I love about doing this podcast is I find some of the most amazing people in the industry and Robin is, well, she's amazing. Now, We talked to Robin about a girl and a gun, and you heard a little bit about the DC Project in there because she's a board member of the DC Project. She is really helping women feel comfortable inside our sport, you know, inside of shooting. And I am so glad that there's an organization like that that are helping women get involved, be empowered, and exercise their rights. Now you heard in the beginning that Robin really was an anti-gun person. And she eventually learned about what this right is about, about what the Second Amendment is all about. And I am so glad that she's here. I'm glad for everybody to exercise their rights. My particular right that I like to exercise is the Second Amendment. I'm a gun channel. Of course, I am very, very interested in the Second Amendment, and I'm glad that she is too. Guys, if you're looking for a gift for your wife, your girlfriend, or whatever, you want to get them into shooting, maybe think about getting them a, uh, a membership to a girl in a gun. Get them welcomed in. Get them the information they need that's specific to them. And trust me, you know, I watched my sister learn how to shoot when we were kids. I taught my wife how to shoot. I mean, she had shot a little bit before, but not a lot. And I remember the struggles that I had 
teaching her how to shoot because, you know, teaching the fundamentals is easy. But when she started progressing in her shooting, it became harder for me to, well, teach her. You know, I didn't know what she was going through, certain aspects of shooting that, well, was specific to a woman. And I felt bad about it. And I remember all those sessions and I tried so hard, but I wish something like a girl and a gun existed back then. Definitely, definitely a great gift to give to the woman shooter. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there and I look forward to seeing you again soon.